episode 125. What's going on? Welcome to Biz Women Rock. This podcast and this entire community is dedicated to sharing great business stories from business women all over the world so that their business journeys and the lessons that are there can help each and every one of us on our own business journeys. My name is Katie Kremitzos, and I'm so happy you're here. Today's guest is Linda P. Jones, and she has a company called Be Wealthy and Smart. And as you can imagine, The girl loves talking about wealth, wealth management, wealth building. She's got a lot of great information. She's built up a tremendous company that shares information and education on how to build true wealth and not just make money, quote unquote. Her story is really amazing of how she even got to this place where she knew that she wanted to do this. And she really goes in detail with us about how her business has really evolved over these years and how she's gone from being this boutique, high-end service business to a very broad business that reaches across the globe, which is really in line with her desire and vision to have a global impact and how it's actually driven the cost down for people all over the world. It's a really great business model. Some interesting points in here are how she's actually created a business that has a lot more automation in it, and she goes into detail about how she's done that, and how by doing that, she's able to have this one-woman show um, be a global company. It's really fascinating. So let's get rolling. Linda, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you here. Um, I warned you I was a little chatty today, so we needed to finally press record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to go ahead and dive right in because um, the company that you have created and the wealth, quote unquote, of knowledge that you have about wealth and finances has been so fascinating. And it's created a beautiful business journey that you've had that I really am so excited to share with everyone today. So I want to start first with how you even got an interest in wealth. Because, you know, I know at least when I was a little girl, I was definitely saying like, oh, I want to be rich and famous, you know, but I didn't really do anything to figure out what the heck that actually meant. So how, you know, how did you really stumble across this idea of finances and wealth and what that was really all about? Like what, what really sparked that interest? Well, what happened was I grew up near Seattle on an island called Mercer Island, and I was surrounded by some very wealthy people. These are people that own department stores and professional football teams and basketball teams. They were very, very wealthy. And they had beautiful, large homes with views of the Seattle skyline and the water and the lake. And my dad was a Boeing engineer. My mom was a homemaker. And we, we had five kids, and I'm the youngest. So I would say, you know, how do, why, do, why are some people rich and some people aren't you know why do some people have these things and how does that happen and I just didn't really get a good answer for that so it sort of became my mission to find the answer and I luckily came across the book Think and Grow Rich when I was 10 years old Love my dad it. had a copy yeah <laughs> so I read that and started really getting into the mindset behind it. it led me to read dozens and dozens of books about mindset and thinking big and all that kind of stuff some of the really great classics that were uh, older books And then I got my business degree, I worked in the financial industry, I wanted to learn more, I wanted to learn everything I could about finance, I became a certified financial planner, a CFP, 
and I still felt like I am I'm not really getting how the wealth is actually created. Like no one's really teaching how does that really happen. So because you were just really like there, you just kind of learned strategies on how to like make money, not really build wealth. That's two different things. Exactly. And, you know, on Wall Street, they teach you to invest in mutual funds and, you know, your 401k. And then hopefully somehow miraculously when you're 65, you'll have enough money to retire. And, you know, I just thought, I don't think I'll ever build wealth if I just do these things. This this isn't going to be the path. So I started experimenting with real estate and uh, some different things, and I had success, but I still thought, no, this just isn't happening quite fast enough or quite in the way that's going to actually build wealth. So I ended up uh, reading a book by William J. O'Neill called How to Make Money in Stocks. He's the founder of Investors Business Daily. And with the book and his publication, I started investing in individual stocks, and I really started to accumulate wealth. And over several years, eventually my brokerage account grew to a million dollars. And then, of course, at the peak of the bubble, it grew a million dollars in one year. Wow. So it was, you know, unexpected, overwhelming, um, exciting. And that's, that's how I got started. Well, you know, the very interesting thing to me is that you're absolutely right. Like this sort of standard way of investing in the market, and I'm using my fingers in quotes right now because <laughs> uh-huh. you can't see, um, is very long term, let's retire when we're 65 type of a, of a strategy. And I think sometimes for people, it's very scary to get into doing things a little bit more on your own. And, you know, being knowledgeable about certain stocks and being able to kind of keep an eye on them and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, uh, what did you do initially when you started doing that? Because that had to be kind of a, a little scary thing. You know, did you invest a lot of money right away or did, were you like trialing stuff out? Did you give yourself like a budget for certain types of stocks? How did that work for you? So initially, when I started in real estate, I had very little money to invest and I bought a little condo for myself and uh, then I sold that and bought a bigger place. And so it was sort of like that. And then I started investing in foreclosures with partners. And then when I started investing, it was through, you know, a, a sort of in my retirement plan, a pool of money in my retirement plan that I started with. But I really saw that you have to have any kind of a nest egg. It, it doesn't even matter how much you're starting with. You just have to start with a nest egg and you have to get investing in things that are going to grow money for you. Mm. And it's a choice, you know, and I think a lot of people don't realize that the series of choices that people make really determines how much wealth you have. It's possible for everyone to become wealthy. It's just they're not taught the right choices to make and the right decisions to make. And instead of going down the path to the left, which is investing in appreciating assets, they go down the path to the right, which is spending on depreciating assets. Got it. Got it. So now all of a sudden you're you're you got your fingers dirty and all that stuff. You're actually seeing this very clearly. You're seeing very, you know, like I guess what I would call kind of off the beaten path or non-traditional ways of investing in order to build wealth. You're discovering that for yourself and you're like, "Oh my gosh, why doesn't everyone know this?" <laughs> yes, and you know, just frustration with sort of how wealth building is being taught. I mean, somehow we're getting all this focus on like FICO scores and things. I'm like, "Really? That doesn't have a whole lot of to do with wealth building. But, you know, we've sort of gotten off on these tangents about it. You know, your your latte and your FICO score. I, I'm just like, no, <laughs> those are not like the basics. Like the fundamentals are, I have actually six steps that I created 
where you start with your mindset and thinking very positive, making a decision to be wealthy. Then you save money. You actually save a nest egg. And you find a mentor. You find someone who's actually done what it is you want to do. And then you invest in a money engine, which is a vehicle that's going to grow your wealth, whether that's real estate or stocks or silver or whatever that might be. And then you compound it at a high rate. So it's got to grow at a high rate. And then you protect it. Hmm. So those are the basic steps. So I want to back up just a second between this time where you're, uh, you know, you actually had made a million dollars, had made another million dollars on top of that. How did you get from there to saying, I want to actually create a business that teaches people this? Well, it was actually a terrible tragedy that caused this. And that is a few years after I'd had my financial success, everything was going great. And one night my husband just dropped unconscious and it turned out he had a brain aneurysm and we rushed him to the hospital and he was unconscious for two weeks in intensive care and then he passed away. Mm. So it was very sudden. It was a huge shock. There was no warning. And after he died, I really got the message that I wasn't living my life's purpose. I really... I really heard it loud and clear that I was meant to be teaching people what I knew and I wasn't doing that. And so I finished up with my corporate work and left that in 2007 and went out and sought out mentors who could help me find out what my passion and purpose were because even though I had a love for finance all my life, I had other interests as well and I wasn't sure if the financial was really the thing I was supposed to be doing and I wasn't sure what piece of that I, I could bring to the party that was so different than what everybody else, the thousands of other people that talk about financial things, were already offering. Because I felt like if I don't have my own message and a different message, then I don't even want to bring a message because there's already enough out there. Right, right. Hmm. So at some point you you said, okay, what was that moment or what what actually happened that enabled you to say, yes, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do? It was seeking out what my passion and purpose were and uh, what it was. And then I think really just feeling like, yeah, this is it. This is me. This is who I am. This has been my story my whole life of what I've been seeking. And it makes sense that now that I've learned all this, that I turn around and teach other people how to do it. And it really, it, it was sort of after my husband died, um, I had to deal with a lot of lawyers, with settling the estate. Uh, there were there were times that they gave me advice that was incorrect. And because I was a CFP and I knew finance and I knew tax laws, I could you know I could take it to another person, another expert, and say, I don't think that advice was right. Am I right or is he right? And they're like, mm. No, you're right. And I thought if I am getting advice that's not correct from people, what are other women doing who don't know about money? You know, what's happening to them? And it just sort of became clear to me that there was no one out there advocating for just talking to women about money and finance without using jargon and lingo, without being condescending, without uh, really just you know, all the complications, the boredom. I mean, it just bored women. Right, right. But it's got to be a way to talk about it that makes women engaged and like it and feel comfortable with it, not intimidated and not bored, most importantly. 
So what were your first steps in actually creating this business? And I'm asking because there are so many women listening um, and so many women who are part of Biz Women Rock community who themselves have an interest and they have it's not only an interest, but they have this passion, they have this knowledge, and it's really the knowledge that they have to package in order to make a business out of it. So how did, what were your first steps and how you did that? And how have you done that successfully? My first steps were, first of all, finding good mentors. So I found mentors who had done what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to have a virtual business. I knew I didn't want a brick and mortar business. I knew I didn't want to manage money. I knew I wanted to be educational, but I wanted to be also able to reach a very broad audience. I wanted to be global, really, is what I, I wanted to make a global impact, and it was very important to me. So I knew that that was th- going to be through an online system, and I went and sought out women mentors who worked online and were successful online. Mm. And then from there, my very first thing was to offer some individual coaching. And then pretty soon after I started, I, I had my first live event. And at that live event, it was a three-day event here in Palm Springs. And at that event, I offered a mastermind and then had women join the mastermind. And it just went off from there. Wow. And so you've just built it from there. And in addition to the live events that you were doing and tickets, I'm sure you were selling to that and, you know, getting people into this mastermind, you offer product as well. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you've packaged that? Yes. So I initially started with sort of, a little bit of investing like billionaires. So it was more on the investment side. But then I realized that 77% of the wealthy actually made their money by having a business. Mm. And because of the internet, I just felt like there was so much opportunity for women to package their knowledge. So the next thing I came out with was create your luxury brand, which was about how to price package and promote your way to high-end clients because I saw that women were pricing their products too low, but it wasn't just about price. They, If they wanted to be a higher price provider, they needed to have all the luxury aspects of it too, just like, you know, you're not, you're not going to... Um, sell a Louis Vuitton handbag in JCPenney's, right? You've got to have all the accoutrements that go around that to support the brand and support the price. So I taught all of those elements with Create Your Luxury Brand. And now I'm really moving toward um, how to do your side hustle, which is how to start a business on the side, because actually that's how I started by investing in stocks. Even though I had a full-time job, that was, you know, I would get up at four or five in the morning to do my stock research. And it was a very much of a part-time thing for me. And so I'm encouraging people to start with a side hustle and to package their knowledge, you know, basically use your knowledge and experience, package it once, do, do the work once, and then, you know, earn income on it the rest of your life. Which is brilliant. And I think in this space, um, this is such a generalization. I should probably be slapped for this because I usually hate generalizations. But, you know, generally speaking, I think women tend to lean towards I have this body of knowledge. And um, I think we immediately go for what I've seen is that we immediately go for like this one on one mentoring, right? Or this one on one coaching or consulting or what have you. And it's incredibly fulfilling. But at some point, we get to this point where we're like, we have to duplicate ourselves (laughs) or allow for an opportunity to um, 
multiply what we're doing and that's when people get to packaging themselves and packaging their information, packaging their product. And that is a very difficult thing to do in the sense of not, if you don't know what that's supposed to look like. Um, and so many times I have found that women don't really truly understand like how much stuff they actually do know. So when you're working um, you know, with your clients or when you're actually like, you know, created this program, is that part of what you're doing is that you're sort of eliciting like, hey, let's find out exactly what expertise you do have and, and how amazing it is so we can package it. That's exactly right. Because most people can't see what they're good at. You know, they're so good at it. They think everyone's good at it and they right. don't recognize that that's really their talent and their skill. So absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so one of my questions is, as you have been rolling along, um, you know, what have been maybe one of the dark moments that you've had where, because Lord knows that we always have, all of us have felt this, you know, like, um, you just don't, you're in it, you're in the muck of building it, and it's frustrating because it's not where you want it to be, um, or just a really, is something in your business journey that has really been a challenging moment for you, and how did you get through it? Well, what happened for me was uh, about a year ago, I was going to have my fourth live event. And it was going to be in San Diego. I'd had, you know, I had the hotel set up and everything ready to go. We were selling tickets. My mother became very ill. And she's elderly. And she started to go into the hospital, in and out of the hospital. Um, It was very stressful. I started to have some health issues. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what, if anything happened to her, and I was out of town, focused on my business, I just would never forgive myself. So I just said, I have to cancel my event. And I mean, to the point where I was so it was so awful for me to do that, because I never like to back out of a commitment, number one. But number two, I knew people had made arrangements. And so I actually for anyone who, you know, was going to be charged a penalty to change their plane flight or anything, I actually paid the penalties for people. Wow. So there would be no, you know, nothing out of pocket for them uh, that that they would not be harmed because I had to cancel my event. Wow. So, yeah. So I, I had to cancel it, and that was very devastating. Um, but in the end, what it helped me see was that I really needed to change my business model. And that my business model was requiring too much work from me and too much of my personal time. And it really wasn't the way that I intended to set up my business. I intended to have my business much more automated. So I really decided that I would focus on getting my platform a lot bigger, getting out there in a bigger way, and also automating Tell me a little bit about what that really means, because when we hear automation, yes, you're, you know, you should create these systems that make your business run smoothly, so you don't have to be there. Well, you need to automate. But what has that meant for you in your business? What have you done differently over this past year to make sure that that's happened? So uh, several things. One is working with autoresponders very effectively so that um, when people come in to my website, they have a very specific you know, set of emails that they're getting. Um, Right now I have 21 days to a wealthy mindset. So they're getting a series of 21 emails that are audios and, you know, written things, PDFs, videos, kind of a collection of different things that I've done. Um, But I wanted it to be very specific so that when people came in, you know, they, they had a very specific set of things that happened. So then adding on to those, because you can, you, you can really get those autoresponders set up so that they're evergreen. Right. 
And so that whoever comes in your door and starts in the program, then you can take them, you know, along a path of learning that is very specific. And there's no reason why you need to do that more than once, you know, that you can really, you know, set that and forget it. Uh, So that was one. Another thing was uh, a lot of my products that I originally created were actually physical products. So that meant that when people ordered them, they were made up into the binder, the DVDs or the CDs, you know, and all of that, the case and all of that and mailed to the client. So I've been spending time to uh, create a digital version and I'm still not finished, but I'm working on that uh, to create the digital version of all of those um, and just have them delivered digitally, which will mean I can lower my price uh, to people and make it more affordable to people. So that was another step I wanted to do. A third step I wanted to do was the outreach. So I started a podcast about six months ago, the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast. Woohoo! Go take a listen. Yeah. <laughs> and um, which was really exciting, and which was which, which really opened a lot of doors and and. Uh, really changed a lot about what I do because it gave me more feedback directly from people, which right. was really exciting. Right. Um, so I started the podcast and then I'm also, uh, the podcast is available on smart TV. That is a system called Roku, which, um, which is a smart TV platform where people can watch on demand TV shows and Netflix and those kinds of things. And I'll have a video presence there. So I'll have a TV show on Roku. Very cool. So you've made a definite effort to be broader and get the message out there and then be able to create products and systems in a way that allows people to have a lot more access to it, but makes it simpler for everyone. Exactly. Love that. Really, really love that. So I I really, what I did, Katie, was I started out with a boutique business that was small but very high end. Right. And actually what I'm doing now is broadening and making it more affordable. Mm. Um, One of the things that I did notice that was very unique is that you have a very strong social media presence. I mean, you have... Oh my gosh, like over 16,000 followers on Twitter. You have over 17,000 followers on your Facebook page. What has been your strategy on using those platforms to spread your message and to engage uh, potential clients? Well, I really believe that those platforms are, number one, part of our digital footprint. So they're, they're part of how people are going to come to know us in the future. It's not just about being... It's not just about your Google page anymore. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, well, I check out this person. I Googled them. Well, you know what? Nowadays, people go to your Facebook page and they go to your Twitter page to check you out. Yeah. They can actually see the conversation that you're having and, like, sort of, you know, jump into the middle of the conversation that you're having on Twitter, right, and see what you talk about. Right, right, exactly. So I just felt like those were so important to really – always focus on and so from the beginning when I started my business a little over four years ago I just decided that I was going to be really steady on those platforms and it's really paid off for me that's awesome Um, and one of the things that I really would love to know is what has been as you've been growing and evolving and especially because your business has gone through a multitude of evolutions what has been one of the most surprising things that you've learned about running your own company Wow. One of the most surprising things is how you can grow without having any employees. 
Yeah, I found that very fascinating. I mean, I I always ask all of my guests, like, okay, well, how big, you know, how big is your team? And you right away were like, you know, I do this myself. I definitely bring in contractors to help out with all sorts of different projects. But I mean, you're really managing a global empire, <laughs> the Linda P. Jones empire, um, with as like the main main sailor in this. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I I outsource a lot of things and. I just find that it's amazingly easy to do that, and it's, you know, I just don't want the hassle of employees. That was one of the things that I really didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to deal with management. I was in management in the corporate world for a long time, and it was, you know, I just found it to be not one of my favorite things to do. So really outsourcing has kept kept it a very flat uh, company, which I really like. And I don't have hierarchy and I don't have, you know, people, you know, to manage. So I love that. Love it. You um, know, the four-day four workweek book was really an inspiration. Yeah. Tim Ferriss's book really hit me right between the eyes. And I thought, wow, if that's truly possible, then that's what I want to aspire to. Mm, love it. Well, and where, like, what's the big vision for not only the company, but for yourself. I mean, it's obvious you want to have a large impact. It's obvious that you're very passionate about this. And it's obvious that you're a very smart and savvy businesswoman who wants to do this in a, in a really productive way. So what is the big vision for this? The vision for me is to really make a global impact. And by that, I mean, I want women to understand that they can be wealthy. I want them to be interested in learning about money and finance and realizing it's not boring at all and just to give them a different perspective and make a difference, you know, in their wealth. I want women, you know, women today are actually the ones that are ending up with the wealth because they're outliving their husbands and the average age of widowhood is 56. So so at a young age, they're uh, they are encountering actually what I went through. But I want women to not be at the mercy of other people. I want them to have an understanding and be comfortable making their own decisions and with wealth. Because I truly think that when wealth is in the hands of women, the women that I've talked to, my clients, uh, etc., all say that they have an element of giving back that's really important to them. Right. And I know that the world is going to be a much better place when women have wealth and are able to give it back to the community and to organizations in need. I love it. I want to go ahead and transition into the last part of our interview here, which is the favorite five. So are you ready? Okay. All right. So what is one of your favorite business books? Well, I mentioned a couple. I mentioned Think and Grow Rich and the Four Hour Work Week. Um, I would say Think and Grow Rich is my all time favorite because it really is the classic, documented version of wealth building from, you know, Dale Carnegie, um, or not Dale Carnegie, um, uh, the other Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie. Yes. Andrew Carnegie, the wealthy one, um, who documented all of um, the, the wealthy um, people of his time and you know, hired a writer to do that. Um, but he really, you know, set on a mission to document that. And that's what Think and Grow Rich is, is that documented version of wealth. Love it. Um, okay, how about your favorite business tool? And maybe one that, you know, n- not everyone knows about, one that you use. Okay, this is one that 
you may not have heard of. Have you ever heard of Vidsy? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay, it's V-I-D, like David, S-Y. Okay, what's Vidsy? Okay, Vidsy is a video maker. Uh, basically, what they do is they help you create a sales page. So uh, they give you a format that a, that a top copywriter would use, a format for how to talk about your product in a way that talks about you know pain points and talks about who the audience is for, talks about the benefits. They give you the format. You basically fill out the format and it creates a worded video for you that can automatically help you sell your products. Wow. So is this an, an audio video or is this yeah. like uh, yeah. like you're seeing words on the video? You're seeing words on the video. That's gotcha. Right. So it's not like you're hearing somebody talk it. Right. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Good tool. I've never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How about what is one of your favorite places to be inspired? Wow. I would say right here where I live, uh, I live in Rancho Mirage, and uh, having grown up in Seattle, we used to vacation here all the time, and it just, there's something magical about the desert. I don't know what it is, but I always felt like there was just something magical about it, attractive, spiritual, um, it, it has some sort of um, just, you feel like you can be the rich and famous person here when you're here. It's just, it's just, it's a cool place. Love it. Okay. How about one of your favorite vacation spots? Favorite vacation spots. Well, I just came back from a cruise and I was in St. Martin, which is one of my favorite places to vacation and shop. You know what? I have to say, I'm, I live in Florida now and, um, you know, have jumped all over different parts of the Caribbean. I've never been there, but every person who's ever been there always tells me that is by far their favorite, favorite island. Yeah. Well, it's half Dutch and half French, which is unique. For 300 years, they've coexisted. Wow. And uh, it's just, it's a very unique place, very beautiful place, and just a lot of fun. Great people. Okay, and last question. Um, You know, when we think of finances and wealth, it's always so buttoned up and professional. So I would love to know, what is your favorite thing to do so that you can feel wild and crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. This is G-rated, too, so, you know. (laughs) Okay, maybe PG-13, but... Oh my gosh. Well, I love to dance. So nice. I would have to say go out dancing. It's uh we were dancing on the cruise ship every night. That was our way of getting exercise. We were <laughs> on the dance floor every night. The the live band loved us because we, you know, we were out there supporting them. And uh yeah, we were getting some exercise. It was really fun. It was very really nice. very, very fun. I love it. Linda, thank you so much for being on the show. It was just a very, very good conversation. Loved hearing about your journey. I just really appreciate it so much. Oh, my pleasure, Katie. Thank you so much. And I love your audience and what you're doing for women. So thank you so much. In addition to the fact that I had me and Mrs. Jones, the song running in my head, that entire conversation, um, I also just truly loved loved Linda. She was wonderful, um, thought she had so many great pieces of information to share, and really appreciated how she got a little in-depth about how she automates. And you could actually see how powerful it is to use autoresponders 
to engage people who are opting in and to be able to stay in front of them, to be able to offer product to them throughout, to be able to offer great education to them. And just that one little tidbit I thought was really fascinating. Hope you got a lot of great stuff out of this and hope that you definitely go visit bizwomenrock.com forward slash 125 in order to get the direct links to Linda's website so that you can go and opt into her 21 days of wealth. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next episode. <music>